Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. It's Welcome to Through the Keyhole, an OU fan podcast, uh, co-hosted by myself, Peyton Guthrie, and Alan Kinney. It's our public podcast, so we do not have Matt Burden, but who is our lovely producer and third, uh, the third chair, uh, as we talk about all things OU football, presented by uh, Vanessa House Brewery in Oklahoma City. Um, if you like the sound of our voices, uh, you can always uh, hear more of us on Patreon at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Uh, and for $4, <clears throat> uh, my voice is correct there, so <laughs> that's not the greatest, voice, uh, greatest pitch, but for $4, uh, you could listen to all of our podcasts as we wind down on the football season uh, and get into the offseason that's recruiting and basketball, uh, baseball, softball, all those things. Uh, so come on, uh, stop on by. But without any further ado, let's jump into it. Alan, how's it going? How you doing? Oh, uh, no complaints here, man. Uh, right for Thanksgiving and uh, sad to see the uh, football season winding down. But, uh, you know, it seems like it goes fast every year and this year is no exception. It has gone gone faster. Maybe it's gone faster because of this is my first time uh, doing doing all of this, like creating all this content and being it's it's multiple podcasts a week trying to find people everything flies through much faster than it has in the past when you're just like kind of watching for it on on saturday uh you're talking about thanksgiving are you part of the uh uh green bean green bean casserole mafia uh <laughs> that, that seems to pop up around ou twitter uh or, or what what's what's the side dish that you go for what's the main dish that you go for Oh, uh, well, I mean, you know, turkey, obviously, uh, you know, I'm more of a white meat kind of guy. I don't really like dark meat. Um, let's see here. Uh, corn casserole is probably my favorite of all the sides. Screaming casserole is fine, but uh, I prefer corn casserole. Uh, you know what? Like, and this is going to sound odd. I do not like mashed potatoes at all. That's I think strange. it's the texture. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, man. Like, I, and the thing is, I love, I love potatoes otherwise, but mashed potatoes just doesn't doesn't do it for me well i grew up uh we're gonna a little story time about peyton guthrie for a half second i grew up a jehovah's witness so we did not celebrate thanksgiving in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. it's just not something that's in my family so i'm like googling what are uh side dishes (laughs) thanksgiving yeah Uh, so like uh, (laughs) i mean like cranberry sauce like that's just gross yeah uh you know some people like stuffing or you know what have you um you know in the past i i don't know i just have done like i'll smoke like a turkey breast and maybe mm-hmm. uh 
you know, do, you know, just more, more like a twice baked potato or something like that, as opposed to mashed potatoes, just, and, uh, you know, like some rolls, I mean, you know, uh, green beans, casserole, that's, that's good enough. Yeah, sure. You're good enough. Uh, according to Google, there's, there's a sweet potato casserole, which sounds interesting. I don't think, I don't know if I've heard mm -hmm. anyone ever mentioned that before uh, in my life, uh, yeah. but I eat turkey naturally all the time not all the time but it's mm -hmm. like chicken and turkey is kind of in, in my rotation of stuff so uh, when i have stopped by a friend's house uh, it's always good to get a good ham if you can get a nice good ham that's got a nice little like crisp on the edge and it's got some of that crackling i i really really enjoy that uh and then i'm a, a five-year-old child so any sort of mac and cheese if you can get me a really good mac and cheese <laughs> uh, i'm all on yeah. board on that uh but yeah, it, it's uh, it's doing well over here. We've entered into uh, the cold season to a certain degree. It is uh, cold. I am one of the I'm one of the strange people who uh, pay for uh, for electricity, but who do not turn on the heater. <laughs> uh, so I'm in like you know sweaters and jogger uh, joggers and uh, hoodies and blankets, just sitting around the house. My dog is it's in his little jacket and everything like that, uh, just trying to survive through the, uh, the I, I guess maybe the the in, the uh, ingrained nature of saving every penny possible <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that it was drilled into my head as a child. Uh, but without anything else kind of getting out of that, um, I was not able to be there on the Patreon and uh, exclusive uh, Bedlam recap. Uh, how, how did you and Matt uh, uh, sum that game up? What were your overall thoughts on that before we move on to Texas Tech? Oh, you know, just one of those things where, um, you know, I guess, it, you know, you really know that you're the head coach at Oklahoma when people are complaining about not just when, not, I mean, but like how you won, you know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, Matt and I both just kind of talked about the bizarre kind of clock management and game game kind of flow and decisions uh that you know kind of made up the whole second half and really the final three quarters i mean you know OU races out to a 28 nothing lead and then puts it in park essentially for three quarters not uh not the kind of way you'd want to finish out a game like that but then again a win so much a lot better than a loss isn't it oh for sure i mean it, i was coming into the game pretty confident until I talked to a uh, Colby on the OSU Bedlam uh, <laughs> a preview and he, he was really talking about what OSU was going to try to do and how they're going to coach this way and how they're going to play. Uh, and it really kind of maybe, you know, OU is up and down. They are kind of all over the place. Uh, but when OU came out and blitzkrieged them early, had a chance to go up, what, 35 to seven or 35 to nothing uh, uh, if Braden Wills doesn't uh, fumble yeah. uh, inside the 15, inside the 10 or whatever, or wherever. Uh, it, it was complete gone you know, at that point in time, but I'm mm. used to the OU offense kind of coming in these spurts, but I was not used to them not in being just three quarters of football, not happening. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to Brent. Uh, I'm sorry to, to Levy talk about um, his play calling. Uh, it, it's it, maybe it's not even just the play calling. It's just, I mean, you're right in the fourth quarter, especially in the announcers kept saying, Oh, you just punted the ball after holding it for 40 seconds. Like they kept, talking yeah. about oh you just not just possess this you win the game is over if you just i don't know take a little bit longer like there's a couple of punt situations right. the clock is <laughs> the clock is going down a punt situation and they're punting with 30 seconds to go i mean it's i'm not for sure and it, it it might be like 
step two of the offensive process starts next year, which is learning your off speed <laughs> stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you can't just have one pitch. Um, but that's the only thing that I had really uh, watching that uh, in Tulsa before the, uh, the Tulsa Marathon on, on Sunday um, that I, that this really, really stuck out to me. It was just, oh, you not, I mean, again, it's, 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 it's I, I, was, I was getting to the point where I was thinking Brent's going to have to go on a press conference and, and say, Oklahoma beat Oklahoma today. <laughs> I mean, that I was getting, yeah. I mean, he was getting trying to go there. And then, you know, Mike Stoops, not Mike Stoops, oh my God, Mike Gundy mm. punts with like four or five minutes to go or something, like basically waving the white flag and OU just gives it right back to him. Like, <laughs> we're not yeah, done maybe trying to that's get this why game he punted. away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, th that's it. That's my only thing. If you guys want to hear the full unfettered uh, recap of that, again, on our Patreon, join us, have fun. Um, but we are moving to move on to Texas Tech, who is kind of a, a Jekyll and Hyde, depending on what's uh, what statistical uh, stuff you're looking at, and as well as their record, where where they are at. Uh, have you had a chance to kind of deep dive into Texas Tech in any, any way, shape, or form? And uh, what are you expecting out of them come uh, come this weekend? Oh, I'm, I haven't really done like a, a, a very full dive on Texas Tech. Uh, you mentioned the Jekyll and Hyde thing, and that's kind of the way that I look at it. Um, it's it seems like uh, ever since they beat Texas, the whole story with them has been about how often they go for it on fourth down. Yeah. Um, so I'm you know I'm looking at the numbers here right now on fourth down. They they do let's see here they go for it a lot. Yeah. In in eleven games they've they've uh, attempted they have forty five attempts. Um, and they they converted a decent club too, sixty percent. Uh, so you know that. So the the chances that OU, I mean OU is going to need to be playing playing on playing four downs. You got to factor that into what you're looking for on third down. Also, you know, setting, trying to set up maybe an easier fourth down conversion. Um, you know, they've got uh, the the quarterback. What's his name? Morton. Uh, I don't know if he's if he's actually going to play or not. I don't know exactly what what the status is, what his status is. I don't. I think it's been a couple games since he's played. Uh, yeah, he didn't play. He hasn't played since no. he played TCU. Uh, Donovan Smith, I guess, within or Tyler Shuck sounds like uh, will be the way that roll there. So you know, uh, particularly Donovan Smith, he can make some stuff happen with his feet. Um, you know, I know they like to get the ball out quick. Uh, what's his name? Zach Kitley, the uh, offensive coordinator. The the defense is interesting, but with Tyree yes. Wilson out, I don't know what that is going to do for their overall kind of approach or just mentality on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, just looking back at the, their last game, and, you know, you're not just who the game you just played, but Texas Tech, Iowa State, Texas Tech wins 14 to 10 uh, with 246 total yards of offense <laughs> does not yeah. seem good. Uh, you know, Iowa state was able to put uh, 422 on them. Um, I need to watch that game and figure out how Iowa state lost. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not, you know, you don't really out gain somebody by that much and only have one turnover. So there must've been some like flukiness or, um, you know, or, or, you know, Texas Tech was able to pick up enough fourth downs. Uh, that's something just knowing that's going to happen. It's just mentally preparing myself for, 
this is going to be a, a kick in the nuts game to watch for Oklahoma fan. I mean, oh, <laughs> you already can't get off the field on third down. They sure as hell can't get off. I mean, on third down, they sure as hell can't get off the field on fourth down. <laughs> and you've got another yeah. coach across the across the field. He's like, that's ah, last game of the season. I've already been doing it. Why not go for it even more? You know, I mean, even though what are, they're six and five right now. I mean, could you imagine Texas Tech going to Booster saying, hey, seven and five, we understand, but wins over Oklahoma, wins over Texas. I mean, <laughs> you could yeah. see that being a big thing for McGuire, a big thing for, uh, you know, West Texas Coach O <laughs> um, yeah. uh, going for it. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, do you think, so from that perspective, I guess if I'm going to try to like play the sports writer thing, it's big for Texas Tech to win this game. Obviously, it's big to win any game, but it could be really big for them situating themselves in the hierarchy of the quote-unquote new Big 12 if you can say you've got skins against Texas and Texas Tech, I mean, te- uh, Texas and Oklahoma, not many schools can say they've done that this year, TCU being one of them. Uh, but Oklahoma is now bowl eligible. They just beat, they just beat, uh, you know, their last rival uh, on the record. Um, if you're, if you're going to do like the, the sports journalist thing, the sports writer hat on for a second, who wants this game slash who needs this game more out of Texas Tech or Oklahoma? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be Brent Venables going, you know, going after a six and six season, uh, just kind of uh, not that I wouldn't want to be, you know, but that, that I feel like he'll be under some kind of immense pressure, but it's just, it's not, it's not going to leave a good taste in anybody's mouth to finish off that way. But in terms of actually kind of snatching some momentum, actually building something, I mean, it's got to be Texas Tech. Uh, you mentioned beating Texas already. The opportunity to say then oh we also beat OU um you know I know that they have some uh you know kind of like uh, capital improvement projects that they're working mm-hmm. on um you know McGuire is a you know seems like a pretty well-liked guy and it seems like everybody's really kind of buying in there on what uh what he's doing so uh you know he he certainly knows how to uh, kind of work a room it seems like uh when it whether it be you know high school coaches donors uh, that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I've got to think that Texas Tech will be pretty, uh, pretty uh, amped up for this one. You know, I, I, one thing, I, I mean, I feel like if OU, if Texas Tech had lost last week, I would say there's like zero chance OU is going to win this game. Uh, the fact that Texas Tech is bowl eligible, I don't think it'll mean, it means they'll no show or anything like that, but I just don't think you'll necessarily get the sky high, we've got to win this game type performance out of the red raiders yeah i tend to agree with that to you know in my perspective that i think the pressure in my opinion is still on oklahoma i mean the announcers it's i haven't i don't know who 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 carried the game for uh ou who carried bedlam uh espn, ESPN. okay i was yeah. able to watch it on espn3 uh on like this airbnb's Roku TV. That's so why I was really happy about <laughs> yeah. that. But it said like ESPN on on ABC or something or something like that in the corner as well. So, but these announcers like really, really playing up that that aspect of this will you know Brent is staring down at the first losing season in OU for the last twenty years. Or then then after they won, he's like, well, he's still not out of it. But at, at, well, I, I guess for the regular season, he's at least. Now he's looking at the first non-winning season <laughs> in this. It's like they're mm-hmm. really just like beating that drum of being like, this is because that is, I mean, what we are watching right now 
it's not something we want to be watching, but this is history potentially. I mean, <laughs> Oklahoma mm-hmm. for the first time in a long yeah. time. So I guess you could look at it and say, these are historic times uh, for the university of Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, the thing is like, where do they come from this? I do think being seven and five is vastly important for Brent. It's also vastly important that you can look at Texas um, and Oklahoma state and all three of these teams could end up being seven and five across the board. Uh, you know, and this is supposed to be Texas's, mm-hmm. but to a certain degree at the beginning of the season, this was the, the platform. This was the launching pad for Texas was this year. Uh, and they have, they're staring right at seven and five, uh, sitting at seven and four right now. Who does Texas play next this coming week? Oh, Baylor. Baylor. Uh, I could see mm-hmm. Texas losing that game. I could Friday at 11 a.m. too. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I could I could see Texas. <laughs> That's a very losable game mm. for Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and if OU can win and they end up both being seven and five, even with 49-0, you know, in, in the in the ledger uh, in the winning column for Texas. I just don't know what that overall, I guess it doesn't mean anything, uh, but I, it just, I think you have to maybe look at the health of Oklahoma as a program in the context of its peers and maybe think, yeah, it was seven and five potentially, uh, but it could have been much, much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, I, I think all that's true. I, I, you know, six and seven, five does sound better than six and six. Like there's no way around it, you know? Um, I, I don't know if I'd feel that differently, obviously about OU's team, if they win this game or not. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, this is kind of what I, I saw at the beginning of the season for both um, for both probably uh, Oklahoma state and Texas. So you know it, that part of it does none, none of that necessarily shocks me that much i mean i had i had texas going eight and four before the season mm-hmm. so uh you know they're a pretty they're a healthy favorite like eight and a half points i think this weekend so um maybe baylor gets off the deck after that loss to tcu which had to be just a, a heartbreaker for him um but you know otherwise uh, if not you know I, I could see texas kind of winning winning actually pretty handily but, you know, I mean, look, I guess the other the flip side of it, though, is with Brent, you don't know. I mean, we I don't think I know we've, we've beat this to death, but I, I think that everybody underestimated in a lot of ways how good the Big 12 was going to be this year. And I think also, you know, maybe overestimated the amount of talent on the on the roster. And, you know, that's kind of gotten OU where it is now but if you just look at it like oh it's a seven and five season first year I mean that's a you know it's it's just kind of a throwaway year but also like an important one for getting everything going you know what I mean setting up the stage for the future yeah I mean it also sets you up I mean OU seven and five right now they're sitting on excuse me the, the seventh overall class in uh according to 24 7 sports I believe uh, the fourth overall, when you uh, look at the composites, uh, with 22 commits, lots of rumors about potential big-time guys who are visiting for Bedlam, uh, potential flip candidates uh, between Peyton Bowen and David Hicks. I I would assume Peyton Bowen is going to flip. I mean, that's just my assumption. I'm not the biggest insider, but th- this train has been moving this direction for so long. But at the same time, if it's taken this long, it just might not ever happen. You know, that, that's yeah. the reason why this was Lincoln Riley's thing was sign the paper. 
is this, I mean, not sign, just commit, publicly commit, because mm-hmm. there's, there's a pressure to that. You don't want to break your word, and there's a lot of that type of stuff. You're being told these things, uh, you know, so if Peyton Bowen can do what he wants and, and you know, do what's best for him. Uh, David Hicks, I have like, let, let's say I'm 80% on Peyton Bowen. I'm like 5% on David Hicks. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think it's going to be in the cards for Oklahoma. It'd be very cool. It'd be very, very cool. Uh but I don't, I just don't think it's going to be in the cards for Oklahoma, even if, I mean, Oklahoma sitting at 22 commits right now, you know, people are saying, it's, I mean, that was very uh, former president, uh, <laughs> turn of phrase. People yeah. are saying, uh, oh, he's looking at taking like 30 something, 30 something uh, commits. So I mean, it's, it's going to be a big class. It's going to be again, another year of a lot of turnover for Oklahoma. Um, and, you know, can they get these pieces to fit having somebody like Peyton Bowen and, um, uh, David Hicks would immediately jumpstart everything. I mean, it puts you into a top three style class and it kind of makes OU somewhat bulletproof uh, in a way that I did not expect it to be because, you know, the, the pitch for Oklahoma was always, I, I never assumed, and Alan, help me out here. Am I mm-hmm. insane for thinking OU was never one of the schools who were able to recruit at that top level regardless of record like texas is like bulletproof like they go five and seven they're still pulling in class number three. <laughs> OU has never been that yeah. school it's always had to have some extra stuff kind of happening brent seems to have that ability through nil or through todd bates or through however uh now i have the potentially to land a top five class with potentially six and six record i mean is that something that OU's starting to insulate itself, divorce itself from on-field results because it's the first year? Or, or is this maybe OU turning a corner to the brand being, I don't know, bigger? Like Florida recruits really well, even though they suck a lot of the time. It's like, it's just certain things mm-hmm. just don't make sense that way. Is OU becoming one of the schools where it can kind of weather the storm in your opinion? Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. Uh, I mean, that's because, you know, that's really a matter of needing to kind of stack classes upon classes upon classes. Um, so I, I, and I don't think I'll use that at that point. Now, I mean, you know, when I talk about recruiting, people are always kind of like, you know, because I, I look at it as like, OU is a, a very good name, a very good brand to sell. But you know, like you mentioned, it's not exactly, I mean, Texas is Texas. They get, they're going to get great recruiting yeah. classes pretty much, you know, no matter what, um, you know, you got the schools also, you know, your LSUs and your Ohio States, they're always going to recruit pretty well. You know, OU doesn't have that, but they still recruit well. I mean, 90, 95% of schools would love to recruit as well as OU does yes. year yeah. in and year out. So, you know, so you got to take it, take it that uh you know we're kind of like uh have some perspective on that on that but i mean right now venables has the opportunity to sell new you know doing things a different way uh turnover uh you know the idea of going and being kind of like that first uh class that you know settles things when ou goes moves to the sec or has has that kind of impact so I mean, he's got a lot to sell right now, and it's a different kind of vision of what a program like Oklahoma uh, is and should be. I mean, I I, I kind of get the impression that you know, you know Venables is doing a lot of um, stuff, like for example, recruiting the parents. 
you know what yeah. i mean as, yeah. as much as recruiting the kids that that type of thing uh you know coming from clemson uh you know i'm assuming that oh you will have will be selling kind of more of the uh religious or faith-based uh you know kind of uh culture also so there i mean there's changes i don't know though if it'll take more than just this year i think to to make say anything definitive about how well or what the new kind of uh mentality or aura around ou is going forward yeah there's i have ou's recruiting strategy for the first time in a long time is just extremely interesting to me <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh, under bob uh especially late bob it seemed like he was always having to pay for the sins of the recruiting class before i mean he's very much mm-hmm. so you know one class is eight offensive linemen the next class has zero then it's just it's it, yeah. you can never quite balance it out and under riley it just seemed like let's just get as many high profile offensive guys as possible uh, you know it just seemed like you yeah. got a not a not a lot of really cool looking pieces um uh, I'm interested to see what Brent's able to do from a program style, uh, you know, you know, fleshing out the program and building the program, the strength of the program. Um, the thing that you talked about, you know, Brent selling this uh, faith-based culture uh, beyond just a football culture, does that set him up for the future of increased portal activity? Uh, you know, because these guys will fall off at, at certain places. For no no bad reason of their own, or maybe somebody goes somewhere else, it doesn't work out. But hey, mom and dad, they remember Brent and things of that nature. I mean, I wonder if he's able to embrace that thing that could really potentially overcome or fill in the gaps of OU being a, a top eight recruiter instead of a top three recruiter. Um, I know Clemson was never very a, a portal type of thing, but I think it might be interesting to if OU is able to dip its toe in that water I don't want them to go full Mel Tucker <laughs> bringing in 15 transfers yeah. or something it's like you got one or two maybe three guys who you have a connection with in the past does that is that able to kind of get you over the get you over the hump that way uh, I know you've you've had some thoughts on the portal and stuff I mean do you think that is you think that might be something that uh the, the team could build on uh as we're talking more and more recruiting philosophically because the season's winding down, but uh, um, Mm -hmm. do you think that could be something like year two, year three, Brent does have these connections with these players, you know, maybe David Hicks is wanting to get out of the college station at that point in time, you know, but he's got a connection with mom and dad, you know, Peyton Bowen, things like that. I mean, um, is that an avenue you think, oh, you could explore or even would want to explore? I don't, I... I get the impression actually that Venables would want to lean a lot heavier on high school recruiting. Um, I think what he's trying to do, it seems to me is, you know, there's a lot of talk lately about with, you know, the ability to transfer the NIL stuff that's out there. There's a lot of talk about, you know, coaches needing to re-recruit their players every year. Yes. And that's kind of, that's kind of bunk, man, because like what you want is you don't want your players to want to leave in the first place. Right. And that is what I think that OU is really trying to set up right now. When, when Venables talks about like a, you know, a holistic approach to, you know, coaching, academics all the off the field you know uh character development all that kind of stuff i mean what he's selling is 
a four year or three year, whatever, like, you know, program for mm -hmm. players to come into, you know, and like, that's a, that's a two way street, you know I mean? It's kind of goes back to the whole commitment thing, you know, I mean, saying, you know, we're committing to making you into an adult or, you know, a better person, what have you, whatever. Um, that is kind of relying on having, you know, people go through the whole way, not bringing somebody in midstream or replacing somebody who isn't cutting it necessarily. Or, you know, I mean, like I, it, that will happen now. I'm sure some just because of where you is and, you know, yes. this being Brent's second year, he's, he said, I mean, these are guys, there are a lot of guys on the roster who he didn't, who he didn't recruit or, you know, he's, he's given them a shot, but I mean, I don't know. I, th I feel like in the long run, uh, if Brent, if Venables had his druthers, you know, OU would be a high school prep based program. Yeah, I, I guess I feel that way too. I mean, Brent does seem to be kind of the guy. It's like, I picked you, you picked me. <laughs> I'm going to win with my yeah. guys. Like, I'm not going to go out there and try to quit. Unless mm -hmm. it's like literally this, I mean, this season obviously was extremely extenuating circumstances. So it's, you have to, you kind of have to toss that out. Um, you know, I right. don't see him really going at, after it that way. I mean, I, I see a lot of people wanting a lot of hope for next year and think, okay, hey, we can turn this around. But you know, it could, it's probably another eight and four, nine and three season. Uh, unless some of these guys, I mean, the offense, unless they get Anton Harrison to come back and, you know, some of these skill mm -hmm. position players start really popping up and stuff. Um, yeah, the, the team could make a collective developmental step next year. Um, and the team still have the exact same record. I mean, that would suck, but there's still a chance the team becomes, gets better, but the record stays the same. And then it just pops, you know, the, Mm -hmm. or, or or you could win 10 games next year because stuff's you know they've got a, more offensive weapons and so on and so forth um but that is something that's a little interesting there you, you talked a little bit a bit uh, a little bit about the nil thing this is the first time i've seen it um we're going to talk more talk about the anton harrison stuff this is the first time i've seen it i don't have my eyes open i have a full-time job i i'm on uh I, every once in a while i pop in some discords and i see people they're the same people who are in that discord at 8 a.m., 2 p.m., 3 a.m. It's so like, what do you guys do? <laughs> You're just mm -hmm. in here. Uh, uh, it really blows me away. But there is, you can tell there's a certain, there's a different level of, of uh, uh, fanaticalism that uh, I'm just not, as part of a college football fan, just uh, not engaging in uh, uh, mm -hmm. while trying to run a small side business of recording a podcast about college football. Uh, <laughs> um Anton Harrison, the, the rumors are that OU has put OU I mean, in loose terms, OU, Oklahoma, uh, maybe collective or somewhere uh, of that sort, is putting trying to put together a package to get have him come back instead of uh, declaring for uh, the draft. Uh, I have not seen this uh, reported about other schools or things. I'm assuming it's happening. But um, is this where you thought NIL was, would, was heading uh, for this type of thing where OU's teams were able to court potential NFL players uh, on their roster to stay one more year, maybe these fringe types. Oh yeah. And I think I'm sure there've been numerous cases in the past where also kind of guys maybe made surprising decisions to stay uh, for an extra <laughs> year that probably <laughs> involves some uh, unofficial NIL <laughs> money. Um, but with, you know, 
I guess, you know, and, and that's one of the, I guess one of the upsides here is if you're a borderline player who maybe could, you know, maybe could get drafted, maybe not, but you're, you need to, for family reasons, or, you know, you just want to get ready for the, go, go to the NFL in the past, you know, when you haven't necessarily had a reliable income stream uh you 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 go ahead and make that move even if you knew you even if you knew the chances uh where you might not get drafted i think now you will see some cases where some of those borderline guys maybe a guy who's like looking at like fourth or fifth round but could work his way up with another year opts to stay uh and get that extra year of development when you know maybe you know he's able to pick up uh, you know however however much money but something some kind of a new nil package or what have you i don't think anton harrison is going to uh be one of those guys who elects to stay um you know but it it will happen down the line i'm sure um uh, so now that we've got to talk about uh, talked about the idea of the you know guaranteed uh, revenue stream. Uh, there's been some discourse uh, in, in OU Twitter, which you know I'm surprised the, the door still open on the company. Uh, but OU Twitter <laughs> does have uh, a certain amount of um, uh, activity here surrounding the Crimson and Cream NIL, uh, the uh, campaign to get three million dollars in 30 days. Uh, right now they're sitting just shy of. Let me pull up their latest. And it's cool that they're doing. It's cool that they're being this transparent. Um, they're at nine uh, nine hundred thousand, just just north of nine hundred thousand dollars. So almost a third of the way there for a. What is that? Is is that for a? Is that monthly, or is that yearly? Over twelve months would be okay. So that's uh, twelve. Oh yeah, at, at this monthly subscription, over twelve months, they would be at nine hundred five thousand dollars due to the matching, uh, contribute uh, ma- matching of uh, this uh, some boosters they have there. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, have you yourself? Um, Let's put their money where the mouth is. Have you, Alan Kinney, donated as a monthly subscriber to Crimson and Cream NIL? I have. You have. I have. Yet, uh huh. Um, and you know, I, I, a lot of You're it being the five hundred dollars a month, guys. I wanted these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm flying around actually on the team plane from here on out. But no, um. No, I have, you know, I, and a lot of reason being that like, you know, I, something, these, these players for so long, it feels to me like they need to be getting uh, some piece of the action. I'm glad that they finally are. And um, I'm happy to divert some spending that might go somewhere else, maybe in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in spending on OU athletics or sports to, to, uh, to this effort instead. So for full transparency, uh, as Peyton Guthrie, someone who co-hosts in a, a multi-weekly, multi, you know, multiple podcasts a week, a podcast uh, 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 side business, I have yet to donate to one of these collectos. So the one, if I do, the one I'm leaning towards doing is to the Crimson and Cream. It's backed by the uh, University of Oklahoma. Uh, you have coaches tweeting about it and stuff. Well, it seems like well, well okay. Oh. It's not, it's not, not backed. backed. It's, yes, correct. I, I would call it. I would call it endorsed. Endorsed. Sorry, endorsed. Very yeah. much so. Endorsed. You, uh, <laughs> it's illegal for it to be backed by the University of Oklahoma, uh, at least <laughs> in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, endorsed uh, is is the better word for it. Don't want to get anybody in legal trouble. Uh, 
I have yet to do this. Uh, I will. This is when I'm leaning towards doing it at the $10 tier. I will go ahead and be even that transparent. I'll be one of those guys. Uh, it's just two cups of coffee at that point in time. I, I can handle that. Uh, it's, it's no big deal. Uh, but the thing that I, I, the thing that really started really kind of just actively pissing me off <laughs> is just this, this, this needling of people having an issue with this, of people saying like, well, if you're a real fan, you would do this. If you're going to, if they lose, this is, you know, you can't complain about it. It, it kind of like almost like echoes as being one of the only Democrats who live in Southeast Oklahoma. It reminds me of like all these tax things like, well, I don't use that service, so I shouldn't have to pay taxes on it. It's like, okay, that's not how taxes work. Uh, uh, it, it's, it kind of has this on me. And the thing is like, you're talking about it and I understand where you're coming from. These players do need to cut the action. This act, what this money is, isn't the cut of the action. <laughs> this is additional. Yeah, exactly, this is yeah. additional money. <laughs> this is not cut of the yes. action. This is um, additional. Now me, I, I just I just listened to a, a a podcast called Odd Lots, and they had a, a truck driver on talking about the supply chain issues and stuff. And what happens? And I had not had no idea about this. Basically, the top part of this of the trucking industry and we'll say the college athletic industry is unregulated. <laughs> it gets mm-hmm. super regulated on the actual truck drivers themselves. Yeah. And it seems like that's what's happening here, just in the money side of it. So I'm an, I live in Durant, Oklahoma. It's a two hour drive for me to get there. I'd have to, to go to a game. I'm gonna have to buy a ticket to a game, drive two hours there, get a hotel, wake my ass up at 6 a.m. to go to the 11 a.m. game uh buy the overpriced yeah. buy all the overpriced condiments and i mean all the you know concession stands stuff like that maybe get a hat if i want something like that sit there watch a game against some bullshit team i don't want to owe you playing against anymore uh and then yeah. also if i want to go to a tailgate or something that tailgate if you want one of the good spots you better have paid a couple thousand dollars <laughs> for one of the good spots is now they're privatizing you know the tailgating situation all while having to get on Twitter and saying, I can't wait to leave the Big 12 because OU is about to start making $100 million a year from the New Deal. Yeah. And it's like, how much do I, I mean, the, the fans can, I can only give so much. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, these teams across the nation, it, it, this is the solution, but I think it's a really bad solution to the players getting paid. And it's only being yeah. kicked down to the smaller people to have to deal with it. It just, I don't, it, it just really just, I mean, I'm going to do it, but it just really just actively pisses me off, to be honest with you, uh, in a way that just, it's like the world's I, moving I, this way. So you got to, but it just pisses me off. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think you're right about that. And, you know, um, you know, Clemson, for example, just put out a video with their AD saying, you know, donate this is the way it's going you know this is the new the new world you need that some fans they need to make donate to these nil collectives and you know clemson they name a couple by name but then they're kind of like any or any other that are working with clemson athletes or something like that and you know dan wolken pointed out like when you when you get reach the point where the schools themselves are hitting up fans to donate i mean the entire relationship uh you know because these fans are donating to pay the players i mean it's this just bullshit like roundabout 
like indirect way to to do this that's just silly and you know i mean i look at it for example with nil and i i do wonder you know how long people are going to want to do this because you're not i mean you know they're selling you something with this stuff right like oh you get odd you know access I, to videos yeah and i want to get to watch whatever. like but like general booty talk about being a third string quarterback or something <laughs> yeah i mean like and, and like that's part of the thing is like what are they really selling like the product is just I, I felt the same way honestly about like the strengthening oklahoma collective like i don't care enough about these videos to want to pay for them i mean i'm i'm happy to like i said make sure that there's some money going towards these athletes but you know, this is, you're right in the sense that this is just something that's on top of what OU's already doing. And it's, it's just a, it's, it's a dumb way to do business in general. It's not reflective of the economic realities of what, what's going on. Uh, so like at some point they just need to give this up because it's just so stupid. Um, and, and like, I think you, I think you're right in the sense that fans already, are kicking in a ton like i don't know why why it is that you know uh fans need to be responsible for paying this you know for chipping in three million dollars when you know you've got coaches now across the country who are making obscene con you know i mean getting what mark stoops just got to raise two million extra dollars a year you know for going seven and six seven and five or whatever i mean yeah, more on, money than know, bob stoops like, ever made yeah and like <laughs> So, I mean, there is no way that you that coaches that that a coach would not show up tomorrow if you only paid him six million dollars a year instead of nine, or you know, three million dollars instead of eight. Like, I I just don't buy that. There's there's money in in other places that that could be directed to these athletes that don't that doesn't have to come from fans who are all who it's and it's already expensive to be a fan like you mentioned it's it, yeah it, it's you just see these eye-popping numbers i'm bringing up this is from si and uh, i think this is in 2022 which has oklahoma as the number one the number one uh revenue uh from uh, the, the 2019 to 2020 revenue of athletic department ranked as number one at 101 million dollars mm. Made more yeah. money than uh, Texas. Well, I mean, <laughs> <And> it's just, <laughs> I mean, through however they, they did it. And I, I have to look at that and say, but you need my $10? <laughs> but, yeah. Because it's just well, weird, you know, way legally that how this all how it has all been set up. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, I guess the flip of that is like, you know, you there's a substitution effect or what have you, right? Like, you're you give them that ten dollars a month or what have you and instead and, and that's ten dollars you probably won't spend on a hat <laughs> or ten dollars yes. you probably won't yeah. spend on gear like i mean so there there's in some ways money's being moved around like you know your will i'm assuming will be moved around um so but i mean there is but it's just i don't know i mean there's it, it's expensive to be a fan you know i mean it, it really is uh, you know if, if you're if you're a diehard go to the games that type of thing yeah it, it adds up man yeah i mean it, it's it's i don't know it, it feels like i'm going to do it because like 
you got to put your money where your mouth is to a certain degree in it at that point in time. And just $10, is it going to kill me? $25 would kill me, to be honest with you. But on the other side of it, I give $20 a month to Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, it's like we could be putting money to a lot of different places. <laughs> uh, right. That could be helping out in a lot more ways than just my very own selfish desire, Oklahoma, to be good. But the thing is, it's it's just yeah, the, the part that weirds me out about it, just the, the part it, I'm having a hard time explaining it. The thing that weirds me out is before I was okay because it is expensive to be a fan, but I was okay with doing it because, like, well, I'm buying, I'm quote unquote buying this product, which is Oklahoma football. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm buying it and paying. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm funding yeah. it and buying. It's like it's weird. Like you're on, you're you're at the beginning and the end of the circle in in this weird way. Right. You're not. You're you're starting to kick off and receiving weird. I don't know exclusive access to supporter events like who the fuck's gonna go to those uh diehards i'm sure yeah. congratulations guys and then and also you're at the end of it because you also get the product but it's it's this weird tug of war of now who are these fans you know if i'm yeah. booing about the backup quarterback now you better fucking listen <laughs> i'm paying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know right yeah. yeah things start changing right you know i mean it's and it's not it's you're not like it's not like being a shareholder in a company right because you buy you buy you buy a stock yeah. in you know uh, apple and your expectation is the stock will hold a certain amount of value it will return some amount of income to you it's yeah. a it's an investment for the long term and you own, get the dividend that. of that initial right. investment yeah if I'm, I, I, if you're investing, you know, unless like you're really jacked up about the idea of being able to get like entered in a raffle to win some memorabilia, <laughs> like <laughs> you're really, and you, if, if you're doing it more like, I just want to make sure like the players are getting compensated, like it, it's, you're not, you, you know, I guess the, you get the experience of hopefully, you know, a team that you root for winning. But you're right in the sense that like you're not like what are you really buying or what are you really investing in? You know, I mean, it, it's it's such a strange, just odd relationship. And, you know, I mean, really, these guys are employees. <laughs> so like I'm in a in a weird way paying like kind of a salary instead of the people who actually employ them. But. I, I mean, it's, it is such a bizarre, bizarre way to go about doing this. It, it's, it is so, so strange. Um, like I'm just, I'm just looking at the frequently asked questions and stuff like that. It's, um, it, I, I do like seeing between 80, 85 to 90% of, of this money will go to the player. So that's good. Um, yeah, but you're, you're right. It's like, what's, I don't know. There, there's a part of me that wants to see especially this especially this type of thing where is this going where is the i mean is that is, is that in the regional is that a reasonable expectation i mean they're already putting out these numbers mm -hmm. and stuff i mean are we going to see these people tweet out we just offered <laughs> david hicks an yeah. nil package of five hundred thousand dollars a year i mean because you want to see where yeah. your money's going you don't want to just go into the vapor yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> um, i mean it, is that a reasonable expectation and what but like and then like so are is if they if they're giving different 
amounts to different players or recruits? Does that mean that I'm trying to think about how this even works? Like, so so and so shows up at uh, an event, and that's that. But it might be somebody who's who's gotten paid less. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like, or are they just gonna make it flat? I don't flat funds. I don't know. Um, but you know, the other thing to keep in mind too, and you know, one of one what are you trying to do by pushing the Crimson and Cream Collective, or I believe that's what it's called, is to funnel all the money to a collective that it believes is operating on the up and up, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's that's a good thing. But it's also, it's still one step removed from being inside your own house. You know what I mean? So it you add a little extra layer there of risk when it comes to potential for getting scammed you know or the players not you know not getting what's uh owed to them fans you know fans not getting uh their money's worth or somebody running i mean and so you know especially some of these other schools that say you know any any collective out there that's working with our our athletes that would be cool like give money to them too like like you're you're participating potentially in that kind of scam you know what i mean like by not well, by not bringing it in house. Yeah, it, it's. I'm going to see if we can reach out to them uh, and and see. If, I think they've been on another podcast or something just to answer some of my questions. No, uh, mm-hmm. I mean it's a it's an interesting topic of kind of understanding where all this stuff goes. But I don't think I think it's borderline shameful behavior to try to pressure fans to be like, if you're really on board, you would do this. It's like, well, no. No, I I want to see OU win football games, but I'm like you said, I'm already paying a lot of money to do that. (laughs) But in paying a lot of money, that has nothing to do with Oklahoma. I mean, like you got to pay your TV bill and your streaming bills and this thing, your ESPN Plus. It's like everything just adds up. It's all it's this whole thing about being, and I've slightly talked about before: market economy versus market society. Go Google that. (laughs) It's but you know we are becoming more and more the lowest resource is being drilled more and more and more, uh, you know, mm. and we have to decide, you know, is, you know, the juice worth the squeeze to a certain degree, you know, uh, you talked about like Apple stocks, you're getting a dividend, you know, like I, I'm not, I don't have a lot in there, but you know, they get like, Hey, I got two bucks from a- Apple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's the dividend here? Uh, general heartbreak. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, hope for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, th- that's that's the part. But uh, everyone, please, the guys listening to this, anyone who listens to this, uh, uh, make make decisions based on your own financial uh, situations. Don't it does not make you any less of a fan if you donate ten dollars a month or no dollars a month. Just cheering for your team. Those used to be the house on days. It's all you had to do <laughs> here for your team. <laughs> uh, but now we have to worry about holistic cultures synergizing with collectives and you, know, you have to learn all these buzzwords. So, uh, but that does uh, another thing that I want to talk about. I mean, is OU, do you think OU, and I don't know if th- this part, I, I guess isn't, isn't legal either. It has to be a collective or, or how this kind of works. Can OU leverage itself with bigger brands can OU be able to or or is OU a brand that can even do that 
like so like Caleb Williams got an NIL deal with Beats by Dre and you know uh, uh, I think Bijan Robinson got a thing of HEB uh, down in you know the, the the grocery store chain. I mean, is OU able to do things like that? I mean, I mean where's where's Loves? <laughs> where's Sonic? Mm. You know, where's I mean, are they able to leverage this stuff and, and partner with these bigger brands um, in that way instead of potentially putting it down on the, you know, the Jimmy's and the Joe's, it's more of these you know, high dollar things. It, do you think OU as itself as a brand, and I just pointed out that two years ago, OU made the most money and it was the most attractive quote unquote brand on the dollars and cents line, how Sports Illustrated uh, judged that. Uh, do you think OU is one of those types of brands or is this collective the way that it needs to be uh, for OU to compete, specifically OU as compared to a Texas or USC or Ohio State? No, I mean, the the relationships where, you know, Beats is paying Caleb Williams or what have you, I mean, that's that's the ideal because there's, I mean, there's an economic benefit to that for Beats, mm-hmm. you know, by having that relationship with Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, they're using him to promote their, their products, same with HEB or what have you, uh, you know, and so if you're, if you're, you know, an Oklahoma football star, they're bound to be, uh, you know, other brands locally or some maybe nationally. I don't know. I mean, hell, Bob Stoops was the, was, he did what, uh, like AT&T or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, so, you know, if you're, if, I mean, I think that the value of these guys, the their, their, what their real NIL is worth isn't particularly significant. Um, compared to you know an nfl star or an nba star or what have you but there's there's value there um and having having a football player you know who plays for the university of oklahoma i mean you know ou isn't texas or ohio state but it's still a pretty big brand out there so you know that's your that's a, a name that everyone's going to know um those are i mean those those relationships to me are the ones that you know are they need to that they, that's where the really the nil money should be coming from but instead you know we've got this collective deal that just feels like a race to the bottom yeah because i just just scrolling through it and this will be like the last point on it it says what sort of nil opportunities and it's like oh it says one the word limitless which i guess yes technically that's true but i mean it'd be nice if if I hate the idea of like, well, how long is this supposed to take? And the answer is sometimes to get back was, well, how long is a piece of string or something? Like, well, you're being paid to tell. I, I need to know. Okay, <laughs> you need to be able to give me yeah. a rough estimate. Like, that's a bullshit answer. Uh, but yeah. you know, some of the stuff is like, oh, for autograph signings for this and this. I'm like, oh, so the stuff I'm already getting for being in the subscription is now things where they'll be. You know, it's it seems like this weird little, mm-hmm. like, what are they at? Like you said, yes, if you were to tell me. In that in the real thing, we were going to be able to partner them with a loves with son. And so then I'm like, yes, on board. Let's go. Let's get this thing running so you can be you, know, you can have, you can facilitate some of those types of things instead of we're then going to take them to autograph signings. Where then fans will then pay even more. <laughs> um, well, it, well, like, but what would be the point of having a collective? I have no clue. And paying a collective to then put them in contact with loves and then love would loves then pay them too. like i'm not 
I guess I I don't know. I, I assume like I mean, they're eight. I mean, at that point in time, what, they're just if they're an agency, right? I don't and know so if they like, can operate that but, way. I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, like, and but there are agents who will do that for these guys yes, now, for sure. You know, um, but like, but that's the thing is that's what you're paying for the stuff like the autographs. You're paying for the or the opportunity to attend an autograph session instead of showing up and paying ten bucks or whatever, you know, at a baseball card show or whatever. You can go to these things. I'm assuming, right? I, I you know, I mean, I. I I don't even know that. I, I I can't envision, like, in all honesty, a situation where I'd really be taking advantage of much of the opportunity, maybe. But, uh, you know, it's... it's. Oh, I that's, would lose that's kind my of what mind. I'm getting at, though, when I say... I, I would lose my mind if I donate. Because part of the donation thing is I get... You'll get the opportunity for exclusive sponsored meetups or whatever. If I get an email saying... Come to Norman for this sign, for this autograph signing. So then you can then pay for. It's like, give me out of yeah. here. Well, I mean, I'm me uh, well, I'm this. Well, but like, I'd assume like the autograph signing deal is like what you're paying for. You're not. You're. Hopefully. It's not on top of what you're already. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Capitalism, yeah. baby. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know what? It, like, and like to be fair, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, miss, like you know, portray uh, oh, for sure. what's yeah. going on here. So, like, I yeah, don't, right. I don't know, like you know. So everybody needs to do their own research. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just uh, watch whatever YouTube channels Aaron Rodgers was watching and get it figured out. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's something I'll. Uh, yes, uh, they've been on podcasts before, things like that. Just really pay attention to who, what you're doing. Alan's talked about in the past. If you're going to donate something, be careful what you're doing. Watch stuff. Read what their things are. If they've actually, you got people who are saying they're doing charity stuff, but they're not filed in the correct tax bracket and things of that nature. I mean, the tax codes and stuff. Like, just be uh, careful with your money because uh, it's your money. You should be careful with it. <laughs> um, that was, a, that was a heavy topic for the uh, OU picks up uh, two three-star defensive linemen a, after this Bedlam visit. Uh, uh, Sandlin had tweeted out three locks. Two of them have, have committed publicly. Um, it's uh, how much are how much are you following OU on the recruiting landscape as of right now, or is that something you really put aside for for the end of the season? Oh, I mean, I try not to get too caught up in day to day stuff. And uh, I mean, I see what comes across like my Twitter feed or maybe some of this report on Sooner Scoop. I don't, I don't fancy myself some kind of recruiting expert by any stretch. Um, and it's just, it feels like just, it's always kind of just felt kind of gross to me. But, um, you know, it's, it seems like things are going well. I do know they had a ton of big time visitors in over the weekend. You know, that's one of the reasons why it was so important for OU to kind of put on a good show and, you know, whatever, whatever your objections to the uh, quality of the offense played for the last three quarters was, it does sound like the crowd was good. It sounds like, you know, the, uh, the in-stadium experience was impressive. You know, you got to see the defense play really well. Those are all good things for recruiting, you know. Yeah, OU is able to pick up uh, at least verbal. That their uh, verbal commitments only matter so much in this game. Uh, Ashton Sanders and uh, Taylor Vane, fine. 
Uh, I think it's pronounced wine. Wine? Okay. Uh, two defensive linemen, one's an edge rusher, born like uh, at 6'5", uh, Taylor's at 6'5", 235, three-star prospect out of Tennessee, an Ashton, uh, a defensive tackle at 6'1", 270. Uh, it's been of my concern that OU needs more uh, short, stocky, wide dudes, and uh, Ashton Sanders mm -hmm. seems to be a short, stocky, wide dude <laughs> uh, to fill these gaps yeah. uh, in, in the center of the line. Uh, Taylor's interesting, 6'5", 235. He does seem he has the frame to kind of fill that out to be uh, obviously much bigger than 235. But uh, it, it, at, at a three-star, you're now looking at late evals. You're looking at developmental guys. You're looking at something that may kind of come through. Uh, who knows where these players are going to do, how often they're going to play, when they're going to play. Uh, you know, And not all three-stars are obviously created equal. A three-star out of California might be a little bit different than a three-star out of I don't let, let's say Kansas <laughs> to a certain degree. Mm. Uh, so it, it's somewhat um, balancing out the loss of uh, a Vasic uh, a couple weeks ago. But again, if OU is able to make some moves with the, the potential uh, five stars that we talked about off the top of the show, um, it really doesn't matter <laughs> at that yeah. point in time. Uh, more NFL guys you can get directly off high school, the better. Uh, that's everything I have written down on, on the show notes. Uh, we are looking forward to having um, somebody from Viva Los Matadors uh, on uh, tomorrow to talk about uh, Texas Tech. It will, it will secure uh, that. It's not quite the time yet, so if you're one of our Patreon listeners, uh, keep an eye out for that, as well as, I guess, the final picks not trying not to suck uh no well you know we're gonna do you know we're gonna do well we'll go through we'll probably go through the championship weekend at least and then okay. maybe we'll go through maybe we'll do like our favorite picks for the bulls or something like that this week we are just all out of sorts so you'll get a written uh written edition of the uh of Inseva podcast um but yeah we are we are winding down i feel pretty good i'm at uh, I, I had a terrible week last week i think i went one and four but overall i'm around 60 percent this year so you'd be making money if you've been uh tailing me and again it's your money be safe with it <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> i will not condone uh as i work for a, a, a tribal nation who makes age of parents money off of people hitting a button uh, in front of a, a, a light up screen <laughs> so uh, uh do what you will with that um but that's uh that's everything for here for us on this side of it um you know matt's not here on, on tuesdays but as we get into the off season he'll be back for the public podcast uh, he's there with us for the uh, the recap shows uh, as well. But for myself uh, and Alan, uh, I think it's been a fun one. Very a thing. Thanks for hanging on mm -hmm. for the NIL talk. Uh, and thanks for uh, listening, subscribing, uh, writing reviews, and potentially becoming a, a Patreon listener. Again, when you subscribe to us as a Patreon, you're just getting more podcasts. Uh, we're not able to sign any five-star talent uh, for the podcast. <laughs> so, sorry about that. <laughs> but you do get a product. Uh, but thank you guys so much. Uh, without any further ado, Boomer!